Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. As messed up as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. We have said over and over again, A-Lob, thank you, A-Lob. Okay, thanks, A-Lob. We have said over and over again that we are not going to do that intro. It's not quite as cheesy verbatim, but every time we get on to do the podcast, we open up our intro outro and just go straight into the routine. The listener is so tired of hearing you specifically, you <laughs> lament about this. Welcome to today's show. It's a variety show. So we're going to start by talking about consistency in ministry, because I think you and I are at odds with this. I think it's healthy to have a pattern of behavior. Every time before we dismiss the teens to small group, we say, head to small group, have a great week. We love you. We tell the teens that we love them. Uh -huh. Why don't we change that up? We love you, except for Jeff. You know, <laughs> let's just push it up a little bit, right? No, I think that there's a beauty. Why at mass does it have the same pattern? It makes it accessible. It makes it a good on-ramp. And when people are listening to you and I talk about our, uh, you know, over 17 years, the hurts, hopes, hopes and hungers. <laughs> you can't even say that. I can't. I can't do it. We, we've but, disallowed him from like ever saying that line. So, okay. Like now, now let me push back a little bit. All right. I, I absolutely, I'm a, I'm a father of six kids. Routine is absolutely necessary. So far. It, what so far six kids okay i got you don't tell wesley that <laughs> we are done um, not, i caught that last time i saw we're catholic done if that makes sense yes <laughs> um the uh sorry i'm making i'm laughing at that me saying that so the routine is great i love it the bad thing is is when routine i don't know usurps creativity or boldness how many times have you been over to someone's house and the wife says to the husband okay honey time to pray and the husband says, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. I love that prayer. We say it as well. But there's absolutely zero creativity there, zero inspiration there. It is a routine. It is consistent. Every Catholic knows how to do it for the most part. But it makes me sad that that is the only way that Catholics know how to pray. And maybe we're talking about two different things here. But consistency, ministry, and prayer. That's the only way. So let, let me push back on you. I have a friend whose father experienced Alzheimer's, and in the final season of his life, he would gather his family, right, or they would gather around him when he was in hospice or, or full-time care or whatever, and he wanted to pray. He's like, guys, let's pray together. And this is like, before you guys leave, let's all pray together. And this man who couldn't remember anything relied on the routine of the prayer. So he would gather his family, and before they would leave after visiting him, he would say, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. The season of the life took that same routine and embedded a prayer in him when he couldn't remember his own children's names. He could remember that he wanted to lead them in prayer, and that was the prayer that stuck. So is that like your trump card for anybody that gripes about like rope prayer? Because someone, <laughs> nobody dying. can argue with that. Someone's nobody dying. Can... You're wrong. Someone's dying. <laughs> nobody can argue with that. That's freaking beautiful. And that's awesome. And yeah, and that's, that's what's great about, you know, our consistent Catholic prayers. But when they become the only thing that we do, fully capable of other prayers, then that, you know, I don't know, I, I, I get sad with that. And youth ministry, if you do the same thing every single night, your kids are going to get bored. We feed them every single night. They've yet to get bored. But you, <laughs> do you feed them the same thing every night? No. Okay. I mean, carbs. That's yeah. weird. Why, why not? 
when I'm not in charge of the meals, I delegate. Why not feed them cheese pizza every single night? But why not mix it up in one night? Don't feed them anything, you know, yeah. just to beans and rice. No, nothing. <laughs> feed them nothing. You're still feeding them something. Like what I'm saying is there's a, there's healthiness in a routine as humans. Like, why don't you go and yell at a liturgist? Say, why do we always start with an opening song? Why not move the liturgy of the Eucharist ahead of the readings? Why? I'm not talking about that. Routine is great, but play the same song, all the same songs at every mass for a whole year. You wouldn't argue that. But he will raise you up. <laughs> he will raise you up. No, it'd be Lord of the Dance because it would be that excruciating. <laughs> I, I happen to like that song in, in the right doses. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do find myself like belting that song out periodically in the truck because they, they do it for the kids liturgy here at the at St. Joseph's school and it just gets stuck in your head. So anyway, I do think routine is good, like especially for young people. And I mean, for anybody, they, they know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. But last night I had a prayer service. It's called St. Monica's Army. And it's for all those people who have left the church. Those that are here um, still in the church are praying for those who have left the church, right? We have a routine about how the night goes. They know what to expect. There's nothing super crazy about how it goes. The talk is always different. The length of time is almost always different. But the routine is the same. So I, I am on your side as, as far as routine. Now, saying the exact same thing every single time, I don't think that's necessary. But is that what you were arguing? I don't know. Howdy from Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Stephen Colbert. <laughs> how much do you want me to change? <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> Welcome to Avoiding the Millstone. My name is Dave Moore. <laughs> there are <laughs> now there are now what you're saying is yes, there are areas where routine and saying the same thing over and over again is expected. The beginning of a TV show, you always have, and that's why they have the same exact clip at the beginning of a TV show, right? Because yes. you're used to that. That's a routine. But then the whole rest of the show until the very end, I mean the whole rest of the show is all new stuff. Just like our podcast. Yes, <laughs> the beginning and the end are the same. Yes. The meat in the middle is a, a variety show. We've even been mis mixing up the beginning and the ends too lately. So uh, anything else about ministry in like, in, I guess, routine? I think there's value in having staples. I also have seen mixing those things up on occasion. It has been healthy. But there has to be a norm that you diverge from in order to make, mix things up. Otherwise, it's just the participants coming are like, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm yep. nervous that they're going to do this or that, or I'm not comfortable here. There needs to be an on-ramp and off-ramp to certain things. You can't just start in the middle of a worship song and then go ahead and say, hey, why isn't everyone standing up and praying? Well, because you didn't lead us into worship. You have to yep. lead us into these things. And yep. so I push back, but I also agree that variety is, is good. What you said like right there at the beginning of that was, there has to be a norm for there to be something exciting. Like when things change, you don't, you don't notice things change if there's not a norm. So right. that routine is absolutely necessary in order for things to seem like they change. Right. Cool. The next step in the variety show is, is what is the value of bringing in an outside speaker when you could go ahead and say the same things? So maybe you have someone coming in to, to speak on the father's love. I mean, the value is you have a budget to spend and you need to get rid of the money. Oh, is that, is that the reason just yeah, to I think so. make, it, make it rain? Yeah. <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> yes, okay. What was that? 
That was my cell phone. <laughs> All right, guys. The value of bringing in a speaker. Um, I know that I have, and Chris, you've done the same thing. You bring in someone to say the exact same thing that you would have said because you've said it 15 times and nobody's listening to you anymore. <laughs> right? Right. So like a prophet isn't welcome in their hometown. Yeah. And so like sometimes it's helpful to bring in, like I, I lead trainings throughout the nation on youth ministry, right? Yep. And yet uh, we brought in a speaker last year. Two years ago, we brought in Matt Rice to go ahead and lead our core team training. And he said it's slightly different, probably way less cheesy, but just <laughs> the exact same as, as how I would want to share uh, a vision of ministry and inform my leaders. But there's something valuable about you being in the room. And I, I want to acknowledge a second piece of it. There's something valuable about me as the ministry leader sitting with the team to receive that formation as well. Yes. I wasn't in the back making sure that Jason's Deli was delivering the lunches on time or anything like that. I was sitting next to my team. I was asking questions. I was engaged in the small group discussion. I was journeying with them. Yeah. And I think, that, I think there's a value there. Now, there's also a cost, right? Yeah, we compensate those speakers, and that's, a, and that's a challenge. And maybe if there's a youth minister across town, you have a, a budget thing or another minister throughout the, uh, the diocese. And you say, I'll train your team, you train my team with a handshake and a smile, then, then that's fine as well. I'd love for you guys to be compensated, compensate each other, 300 bucks, do it. Yeah. Um, tell them Chris said it was okay. <laughs> Forget what your administrator says. I love those two points though. You know, the second point with regards to sitting and listening with your team is great because you're communicating to them that even though you are the leader, and let's say you've been like, you've been like Chris, you've been in ministry for 17 years, you're still sitting, you're still learning, there's still something for you to gain from that, rather than just say, oh, this is for you peons, I'm going to go out in the other room and, and check email or whatever. I like that a lot. The, uh, as far as the, the prophet in, like, is not welcome in his own land, that's so frustrating, because it, like, you, you, it, it's absolutely necessary to bring someone in to do that, but it's, it's frustrating to us who are the leaders who say the same thing. It's like even my team that went to visit your youth night, you said something to them. They were like, oh, that's so profound. I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> I just told you that. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's necessary. Yeah, I did. At that point, we did have some guests from your team join our team for, for a night. I was like, you guys know this. I, yeah. I, I wasn't like, you guys know this, but I was like, no, you guys know this. I know you know this. It's part of the fabric of what a Blaze youth does. And th they had just an epiphany moment. So sometimes hearing something said, the same thing said in a different way is valuable as well. You know, Absolutely. So, so don't ever count out bringing in a speaker, even to say the same exact thing you said last week. Yeah. So shifting topics, you ready for the next one? I think so. On our variety show. Hey. Hey, oh. What, what you got? <laughs> so we have a beautiful parish. I know, like the, the structures themselves, like I said, the church, the architecture, everything. And it draws people, it draws people in. And so we had this guy come in. He's, you know, six foot five. And just like, he was like, whatever. He had, he had just a memorable appearance to him. And he came and was like, can I get a tour of the church? We gave him a tour of the church. This is amazing. I want to be a part of it. He was like, how can I help out here? He saw something beautiful. And so conversation goes, are you a registered parishioner? All these different questions, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, I'm not even Christian, not non-Catholic. I'm not even Christian. 
but I see that there's good work happening here and I want to, I want to help out. So me wow. and another, uh, yeah, me and another member of our team at the parish were scratching our heads trying to figure out how do we get this guy involved? Like, cause it could be an on-ramp. It could be yeah. an on-ramp to the, his conversion to the Catholic faith. Like we wanted to say, yes, what's, what's the deal with non-Catholic volunteers? It is, is it possible? Is it reasonable? Is it fair? How can a non-believer or at least a non-Catholic could be maybe a, a Christian? What are your thoughts on that? I think you and I probably, you know, are similar in this. I think it all depends on what the, what the volunteer role is. If it's soup kitchen stuff, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason why they can't do stuff like that. Um, yard work, I mean, different types of service like that, absolutely. Teaching the faith, no. They would need to be confirmed Catholics at that point. What if they were an assistant in a small group? You have an adult that's like the main lead and they were assisting because one of the things that we believe in is co-journeyment, right? Journeying mm -hmm. with the team, meeting them where they're at. Well, there's teens that are non-believers, right? That, that, that are participants in our program. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there may be a, a place for periodic involvement, but it would be more, more on a dialogue thing rather than consistent journeyment in this realm. I, I still wouldn't put a, a non-Catholic in a small group with Catholic, with young Catholics. Okay. Last piece of pushback on that. What if they're enrolled in RCIA and set to be confirmed on Easter or set to be, you know, initiated at Easter? I would still wait, man. Like all together wait. Yeah, I would wait until after that day. Okay. I would push back. I had a volunteer back in uh, my time in College Station that was going through the process. She was paired up with her confirmation or her, or her sponsor for the whole Easter vigil thing. And they went ahead and they journeyed together. And it was neat for the teens to see someone who was going and seeking to become Catholic along while they were seeking to deepen their Catholic faith. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I feel do. like I do. I feel like I agree that there's cases where it clearly wouldn't make sense, but I think this was one of those cases, and and she went on to 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 be one of the the rock star volunteers yeah. of of, yeah. of the century. Yeah, I definitely see the value of that, but I think that value is with almost any RCIA person, and you can get that same value from a presentation one night on RCIA at your youth night rather than consistent ministry. I mean, that's the one where I wouldn't necessarily push back and say, you're wrong, don't do it. I may not do it in my ministries, but I wouldn't necessarily say you're wrong for doing it. Okay, what if it was a volunteer that was non-Catholic that had Alzheimer's and he was dying? <laughs> <laughs> and they were in RCIA. And they were and in RCIA. And you needed someone to say the, the meal blessing. That was it. That's all they needed to say was just the meal blessing. <laughs> then um, they're in. I got it. They, they, they can do it. Yeah, sure. You got me, Chris. All right. Good. <laughs> all right. So to close in the books on that topic, um, the next part in our variety show is volunteers and life outside. Now, I feel like we've touched on this in regards to their life outside. No, you um, made fun of me is what you did. I called you. I called you up. I didn't call you out. I called you up. So if you guys uh, haven't heard the Red Dead, no, not Red Dead. This is the Deadpool episode back in the summer. Um, I don't even know what episode number it is. Maybe it'll be in the show notes, Allison. Chris called me out on going in public and watching a R-rated movie, right? 
It's R-rated, right? It, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the second most popular R-rated movie after The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> yeah, like, I love how you try to make me feel bad for watching that. <laughs> well, hold on. But so, it, anyway, it begs the so, question. Go ahead. Chris was giving me a hard time about that. And what would I say to a parent if they saw me in the theater? Um, how would I, how am I setting an example for the parent and or the, the student that is with that parent at that movie? Never mind how the, why the parent and the student are at that movie. But I was saying in the ticket line, they're like, oh, we're going to see Heaven is for Real or God is Not Dead for 14. <laughs> or The Passion of the Christian Christ. Film. Do that. Yeah. What are you here to see? Oh, I'm here to see a movie that glorifies sex and violence. <laughs> What? what so that the, like let's i don't know if we like really talked about our volunteers though in that aspect so what kind of standard do you set for your volunteers because your volunteers are not just representing your ministry when your ministry is happening they are representing your ministry 24 7 in all of their life there's definitely a higher expectation placed on them because of that role let's go ahead and dive into uh, just a very hot topic a core team member comes and lets you know privately that they're struggling with same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. One of the ways they're struggling is through a relationship with someone with the same sex. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Do you go ahead and say, okay, well then for this season, why don't you step back from ministry? But then another core team member comes up and lets you know that they're struggling with uh, internet pornography. And then you say, okay, well, go to confession and keep volunteering. I think it's important that you continue to strive and everyone's striving. Yeah. Same boat. Like you. They're both grave, right? Yeah. They're both grave. And maybe, just maybe, the one that's struggling with same sex attraction is like, we're doing everything chastely. It's just, I, sometimes I, I get lonely and I spend time with this person of the same gender. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it, there's chemistry between us. It's like technically that situation has a greater cause for scandal, but it's actually less grave in regards to the whole uh, sin spectrum. Do you, well, what you, you just what described saying? is not a sin. Exactly. Well, that's, that's my point. But I struggle with it because sometimes certain actions have more of a scandal that can bring negative press or whatever optics on your ministry even though there's more serious uh, things that are like, well, that might be a, a deal breaker. You can't do X, Y, or Z. And how many of your core team, you know, are, are using contraceptives? How many of your core team smoke marijuana? Right? I can only answer one of those questions. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you draw the line? When you know of something, um, and if your core members know something about one of your core team, or someone else knows something about your core team, like, are they allowed to tell you? Should they tell you? Hey, you know, you know, Joe on your core team, he smokes pot regularly. Is that expected for you to hear from? And then what do you do? Right. So I, I want to ask you the same. <laughs> really looking on your wisdom here. We're both punting to each other. This is awesome. <laughs> you asked me really hard questions. I asked you really hard questions. And I, don't, I think we don't know the answer. You know, I think we... We know the answer, what we would like to do. If it's objectively sinful, I think it's got to be a, hey, you need to take a pause from this until this is out of your life. You've just eliminated every single one of your volunteers. Every single one except for the Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about just the normal sinful nature of humans. Like, we are not perfect. I'm talking about regular use of pornography nightly. 
No, you know what I'm saying? No, no, I do, but I just want to, I want you to navigate that conversation. So core team member or the volunteer comes up to you and says, I'm struggling with this big time, Matt, and I'm not sure if I should continue in ministry. And then you're like, well, tell me how you're struggling with it. Well, <laughs> every other night I'm falling into this sin. So it's not nightly. I'm conflating my conversation with my discipleship group with what I would have a conversation with a volunteer. So I know my discipleship group intimately and what goes on in their life. I do not know the volunteers in, in the same aspect. So you're right. There's no way that I would know that. But there's got to be a line where it's like, okay, this is too much. You cannot be in ministry. And maybe the line is you're not striving to get it out of your life. You're happy with it. Let's just talk about, I mean, it, it could be the pornography or it could be smoking pot, either one. No, I'm happy with it. I'm not trying to get rid of it. I, I love it. I need it. I want to do it. Okay, then you need to leave. You know, I, like, where is the line? Or how about I hate that I'm dependent on it, but I don't know any other way to deal with my stress. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's what you're talking about. You're saying that they aren't happy with this in their life. I'm talking about what about the people that are happy with it in their life and don't want to get rid of it, don't see anything wrong with it. Like I'm involved with the ministry so that I can find a better dealer. These teens, they clearly have way better drugs than me. <laughs> there you go. That guy and not allowed in your core team. Because I hear what you're saying. So the, the, the core team member that, or the volunteer that's seeking to eradicate negative behavior is striving forward they stay on board because we're all supposed to be journeying together because there's not a person on planet earth that doesn't struggle with sin on some level, at least the inclination to sin, right? Yep. But the person who struggles with pornography, even if it's on a regular or nightly basis as, as the litmus <laughs> test that you put forward. <laughs> Again, I just am still playing that conversation. Yeah. So, <laughs> so last Thursday was no, but all the other days were yes. <laughs> So it's not nightly. Move on, Chris. Move okay. on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that's actually could be less of a negative impact on the team if they're striving forward than maybe the person that struggles with gossip and doesn't struggle at all. They're just really good at destructive gossip. Yeah. And that's hurting your team. Yeah, I think there are other reasons for people to be off your team, for sure. Even if it's, let's say it's someone who's struggling with stopping prostitution but they're still on the corner every week, you know, <laughs> we're going on all these different tangents, but that's like a very public sin that's very visible. And there's a difference between that and the private sin. And that's where you talk about scandal is the potential for scandal. Great. While they're struggling through this, if the potential of scandal is great while they're struggling through this, then they need to struggle away, like away from active ministry. Let me speak to our listeners directly right now. There is not a person in ministry that is not struggling with sin. Amen. I would fear that people listening might be like, holy cow, it's not, I don't struggle with prostitution or with X, Y, or Z, but I do struggle with Q, R, and S, you know? And so I'm, am I not supposed to be in ministry? And I want to let you know that like, it is okay to be in ministry and broken. St. Yes. Paul, in my weakness, he is strong. Corinthians, you are where you're supposed to be. Your volunteer team needs support to journey. And that's where we as ministry leaders need to focus our energy. We need some water is what we need. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. We have to pour into our team in addition to empowering our team to pour into others. And so pouring into our team means leaning in when they're struggling in a certain area in two ways. One, we lean in to help them. That's first and foremost. But the other way is we lean in to go ahead and protect our program as well. And sometimes protecting our program from the reality of personal sin of our volunteers means asking those volunteers to step away. 
My hope, my prayer is that those situations are obvious and that the response is first pastoral before it's just like, oh, you're not holy enough to lead. (laughs) Neither are you or you or you or you. (laughs) No one's holy enough to carry the beauty of the gospel. And so it's okay that there's a tension here. Yep. It's okay that we don't have the answer. And in every situation, you have to yeah, navigate that situation based on what it is. Yes. And the only exemption is if they're on their deathbed with Alzheimer's. <laughs> then they can do whatever they want. You go for it. Yeah. So, all right. We are out of time on our variety show. I know we didn't get to hit the topics comprehensively. Golly, especially that last one. Boy, did we open a can of worms. I, I knew that one would be the long one. Golly. So. Matt, I'm very nervous at this part. <laughs> at the very end, because we have a routine. We have a routine. And, <laughs> and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix it up. God bless. Oh, goodbye? No, Are we I'm done? Just, let, let's just You're do it in backwards. reverse. Let's do it completely backwards. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. If you want to go far, go together. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And please write us a review in iTunes. I don't like that at all. (laughs) All right, guys, we're we're having fun. We'll see you all next week. God bless.